Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. These guys are ridiculous. These guys are ridiculous. Now, how about them damn Celtics? And we are back with another episode of How About Them Celtics. Sam and I are here recording on Monday, November 20th, after the Celtics loss to the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, and we can start there because that's what we're going to be talking about for the most of this episode today. The Celtics lost to the Hornets uh, by a final score. Let me pull it up of 121 to 118 in overtime. Uh, and they were up by, I think, 11 points with like two minutes left in or, or five minutes left, whatever it was. They're up 11 in the fourth quarter, uh, up 18 in the second quarter, and they blew the game. Hornets came back to win behind a monster performance by Lamella Ball, who was Awesome all night, to, to put it simply, 15 to 27, 5 to 11, 36, 9 and 8. He was great. Tatum had 45, 13 and 6 of his own. He had a great game, but the Celtics couldn't pull it out. Late game execution absolutely killed them. Uh, and Jalen Brown, Kristaps uh, Porzingis, and Sam Hauser combined to shoot 2 of 22 from 3. So that's not a great way to win a basketball game. And uh, Celtics blew a huge lead in a game they should have won, um, even with Derek White and Al Horford out. It, this is this is the worst game of the season. Rough loss for the Celtics uh, to a Hornets team that is not very good. The Hornets are not a good team. This is a game they had in the bag. I think they were up double digits with a couple minutes left, right? Yeah. Just garbage. Feels like I watched last year's team, and they made me $100. I'm still upset. They made me wait an extra five minutes. Uh, for this game to be over with, I'm going to have to be up later than I would like to be. I've been up since 1 a.m. today, and I would like to be done. So now I sat up and I watched them play like shit for five minutes. Uh, Tatum get letting Hayward get a backdoor cut for the game-tying dunk, and then, of course, um, they can't get a good shot on the next possession. Jalen Brown... Very rough day for him. 5-17, missed Kristaps wide open and instead pulled a three in crunch time. Kristaps wide open under the basket. He wasn't great today either. Eight threes from him, probably a bit much. You said it already. Two of 22 is not what you want from uh, some of your top guys. So pretty frustrating one. Uh, it's really not cool when they don't make free throws. That sucks. Uh, they missed three key free throws in this game. Kind of happy the Tatum one missed, honestly. Ten like, total. <laughs> I did not want to watch double overtime. This game should not have went to overtime. They had a, I want to say, 17-point lead at one point. This shit 18. needs to stop happening. Yeah. Like, I know that the Celtics are, what, now 10-3? and 11-3. and 11-3 mm -hmm. to start the season. Good start. But they're still showing some warning signs of the teams we've watched over the past three, four years. You can't trust them with the big lead. You can't entirely trust them to close games. Have they been better at closing games? Yes. This tonight, just dog shit down the stretch, bad misses, bad plays from just about everybody involved. And I am top tier upset. Yeah, I mean, these last two games, this game and the Grizzlies game, you've really seen some of those things that made the Celtics so untrustable in years past. Um, I don't know how many turnovers they ended with in this one, but it, when it was turnovers and offensive rebounds uh, given up against the Grizzlies tonight was just late game execution. Uh, and offensive rebounds in the clutch, too. <laughs> they gave up 17 offensive boards to the Hornets tonight. Not very good. The last couple of minutes. Mark Williams got one. Somebody else got one. Crunch time. You can't give a team extra possessions, especially as you're melting away and letting LaMelo Ball of all players absolutely cook you and you have no answer for him. Gordon Hayward giving you clutch time buckets. What is going on? Play some defense. Finish the game. Double digit lead with two minutes to go. I have to watch an overtime and then watch a loss. Unbelievable. At least I got paid for it. <laughs> yeah, it was really bad. LaMelo 
making everything. I, I mean, he had a ton of open space and too many shots. And by the point the Celtics started finding, you know, finding ways to get in his face, he was just making everything. And when a guy as talented as he is, finds a rhythm, there's not much you can do past that. Uh, the Their power forward, whose name I don't even want to say, because that's just the worst person who could have possibly beat you in that situation. Him and Mark Williams combined for 35 re- or 31 rebounds. Mark Williams had eight offensive rebounds on his own four for Brandon Miller. Like there was a play late in the game. Obviously there was the, you know, Jason Tatum letting Gordon Hayward pass him baseline to, to get an open bucket to tie the game. But one before that, I think it was Hayward who flew in, or maybe it was Brandon Miller or Mark Williams. Kristaps box. No, it wasn't Mark because Kristaps was boxing out Mark Williams. And then Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are looking up with their mouths agape and somebody flies in for an offensive rebound and puts it back. Like it, it, it's the, the low effort plays that ended up costing the Celtics in this one. John Smyers, who is a uh, loyal listener of the pod, shout out John, was messaging on Twitter, replying to me on Twitter saying, you know, he believes it was Drew Holiday's fault. I respond that I don't think he's the main focal point to hear, but he also wasn't great. He had a rough stretch down the end of the game. He, he, you know, drove when he probably should have kicked it to Tatum, who Tatum needed the ball every possession down the stretch. He, he had a bad end stretch of the game. He took one shot that Howard fa- uh, Hayward fouled on a good shot. You know, let him get baseline, shouldn't it? He needed the ball every possession in the fourth quarter. He was that good the rest of the game. Like, there was no reason that Jalen Brown should have been chucking Drew Holiday, should have been going to the rim. Uh, and then Drew Holiday missed those two free throws. But I don't think you look at this game and say Drew Holiday was the main problem. He was a problem, but a lot of guys were a problem. Kristaps Porzingis couldn't hit a shot. One of eight from three. Not only that, but one more three, and we would have. I, I would have won my parlay, so that would have been nice. But he he couldn't make a shot. Jalen Brown was absolutely terrible, and what made his performance even worse was the fact that he was chucking horrible shots at the end of the game. If you are not playing well, don't take shots at the end of the game. Jalen Brown took seventeen shots, zero of five from three. excuse me, I wish I could see the stats, but like he was taking huge shots at the end of the game for no reason. Like, like if you're that cold, know you're that cold and make plays for somebody else. Don't take an 18 foot pull up with two minutes left. Thank God, you know, Porzingis got the putback. So it erased that problem, right? Jalen Brown missed a free throw in the end. Jalen Brown got more shots than Jason Tatum did. in like the final three minutes of the game, it seemed like, which makes no sense. Like, like there was no, sensibility to the way the Celtics were playing offense in this game. Kristaps couldn't hit a shot. Sam Hauser couldn't hit a shot. Um, Jason Tatum went cold at the end a little bit, and he didn't get enough touches for the game he was having. Drew Holiday made some mistakes in there. It Like, everything that could have gone wrong offensively went wrong. And then defensively, they were just giving way too much space to LaMelo Ball to start of the game, so he got hot. And then Mark Williams uh, and Brandon Miller and everyone else lived on the glass for the Hornets, which was frustrating to see. Like, it was just like, this was the worst game of the season. I'm not going to sit here and like say everything is crumbling and going to shit because of these two bad losses. But like, you need to look at this and then correct it moving forward, which is like, uh, it's so bad. It's two bad losses. Uh, Sorry. Two bad games. It Uh, feels like it. The same stuff was happening in the Memphis game. I mean, the same stuff was happening against Toronto. They got away with it. This is three straight games of nonsense at the end. They had a good win against Philly where they battled out in Derek White carried him over the finish line it's almost like they're missing Derek White <laughs> I don't care I don't care I don't want to hear and I know that's not what you're saying but like anybody that's like they didn't have Horford they didn't have Derek White like you know what they did have is a 11 point lead with two plus to play just unacceptable stuff Charlotte's a bottom feeder team shouldn't happen <clears throat> no Th- this won't matter in six months or whatever but it's, <laughs> exactly today it's annoying it cost me sleep. It cost me uh, some happiness. The, the most not. frustrating part to me is Brown taking bad shots when Tatum was that hot. Like that, I, I that really want to see. Agree with. Yeah, I, I really want to see. I want the the box score to update so I can like click on it and check stuff. But like, it felt like Tatum took like two shots down the stretch of the game. Like, I just and, and that, that's happened like all the... season. NBC Sports graphic saying 515 and then he's still taking shots. And I'm like, what is going on here? Well, it's like Jason Tatum. What What did he finish with? Jason Tatum finished with 45 points on 15 of 28 shooting seven of 15 from three. He played fucking awesome. He was on and he did get some shots on the stretch, but they were two layups and he missed them both. So I'll, I'll, you know, 
save some of the blame that I'm going to throw out there because Jason Tatum did miss a couple layups down the stretch that were huge. And he did miss the free throw that would have tied the game and sent this double OT. But it felt like the shots Tatum was getting and the layups Tatum was getting was because he created them for himself. And what I want to see is the Celtics run offense to get Jason Tatum a shot, not let Tatum be the offense, right? Like, well, that, that's point. not exactly what but I feel like that I, doesn't I mean, happen all that often. I know, I know. What what I more mean was I want Tatum to be the offense, but not in the sense of everyone clear out and let Tatum take a shot. I, I want Tatum to get in the post and work out of the post. I want Tatum to get a screen at the top of the key. Like, th- there were too many, here you go, Tatum, figure it out. Like, that was all the looks he got at the end. There wasn't a, a screen and roll. There wasn't a, a handoff. There wasn't a, a off-ball, you know, screen to get him open. There wasn't, like, a post-up. Like, it was all just... Since he was hot, he's going to do whatever on the perimeter. Uh, and then when he wasn't doing that, he didn't fucking touch the ball. Which the is last not play of the game was horrendous, by the way. Uh, regulation was horrendous. <laughs> which one? The Hauser one? I, they, I think they just, he, no, it wasn't. Well, it was the Hauser shot, but they just cleared aside for Tatum and he just stood there and waited for the double to come. He didn't do anything. I think, was that the one where Hauser got the shot, though? Yes. I think well, I think Keith was saying it on on Twitter, Keith Smith, and he was like, "Hauser should have been." I can't trust the internet to keep my game up to speed. Not I think it spoiled. I think he what he's saying is Hauser went too far to the top of the key, so he could get doubled. I think what the Celtics wanted was Hauser more on the wing, so Lamelo couldn't help off Hauser. But then, since Hauser was so far to the top of the key, he just helped off of Hauser. And so then the Hornets could send other, like they could rotate to Hauser instead. There was like a spacing issue that was noticed, like when it should have been a Tatum one-on-one post-up turnaround midi, like that looked like what they were working for in that case, a one-on-one for Tatum, but then he got doubled. And I, I don't think that was what the play was supposed to be is what I'm saying, um, which is, uh, I mean, a problem within itself as well uh, that that broke down so easily for the Celtics. This was just such a mess, man. <laughs> it was so bad. Jalen Brown was so, 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 so bad. Kristaps was awful as well. He couldn't hit a shot to save himself. Uh, and he was, I mean, he got gotten pretty much anybody early, not but... named Peyton Pritchard and Tatum bad Pritchard. That's another thing. Not, I, I don't think Joe was like one of the biggest problems in this game, but like, why is Hauser in over Pritchard at the end at the, in those points? Like that didn't make any sense to me. Like defensively, Probably I guess just because... one more height, but so like, was... like Hauser was, I mean, Pritchard was five of eight from three, eight of 14 from the field. Hauser finished one of nine on all threes. Like, it didn't make any sense to me that Pritchard wasn't in those spots. I just think they probably felt like with tight defense, Hauser can be somebody that has a better chance of getting a shot off because he's taller. I guess. Sounds dumb on the surface, but on a catch and shoot, no, it's I know what you mean. With them not creating space. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel. America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action NFL. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including you got spreads, you got your player props, you got over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL, 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050. For 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. I know what you mean. I will also say, though, there could have been a benefit to having another shot creator out there because Holiday Brown and Porzingis couldn't fucking do anything. <laughs> so having Pritchard out there who was comfortable creating his own shot could have helped. Uh, I didn't think Drew Holiday was... I mean, seven turnovers now that I'm looking at it is bad. I still didn't think he was like the biggest problem in this game. Obviously, seven turnovers. He wasn't good. It wasn't a good Drew Holiday game. This was a game where you probably would have relied. I'll I'll phrase it this way for you. This is a game they probably would have relied too heavily on Derek White's offensive creation because no one else had it. And so, but then at the same time, 
you have Pritchard in there, so let him play that role because he was on and he was awesome in this game. And I, I know, I mean, rightfully so, we're going to spend a lot of this podcast talking negative about this game, but like just for a couple minutes here, Pritchard was fucking awesome. Like, like this is the preseason Pritchard that the Celtics have wanted to see all season that Celtics fans have been begging for. And obviously it showed up because he had 21 points, eight of 14, five of eight, but two steals, three assists, six rebounds, two of which offensive, like he was doing everything for the Celtics in this game. I think he should have been in the game more. This is the type of game you want to see from a Pritchard who should be one of your first guys off the bench, who should be a consistent source of offense, who should be, able to play 30 minutes in a game, which he did. He ended with uh, 33 minutes in this game. Like this is the Pritchard that the Celtics signed to a four year extension with hopes of him being a regular piece of their rotation moving forward. So if anything, because as much as Tatum was great, he fell apart there at the end with the letting Hayward get by two missed layups, a missed free throw. Like he had a rough close. Jalen Brown was bad. Porzingis was bad. Drew Holiday was bad. If there's any bright spot to take away, it is that Peyton Pritchard is fully capable of being great again. And this wasn't a, a Peyton Pritchard was great game and he had one, you know, decent stretch. He started hot, but he was like a consistent source of offense for them throughout the game. And for what it's worth, that bench lineup where it was all bench guys was good. Like Cornette was a plus 25 in 18 minutes. O'Shea Brissett was a plus 17 in 22 minutes. Pritchard was a plus 16 in 33 minutes. Like those lineups where it was Pritchard creating the offense against the Hornets were good. And it was because Pritchard was on and Porzingis and Brown were not. And so I understand. And I, I think 99% of people on this earth, if you had asked them before, Hey, if Pritchard's hot, would you put him in over Porzingis or Brown? You say no. Cause, cause those there, it's clearly two better players, but over Hauser, I, I think Pritchard needed to be in this game. He was far too good. And again, we're going to talk more bad about this game. I assume throughout the pod, but port like, Pritchard was a huge bright spot and an important thing to note uh, from this one. Yeah, you burned a good Pritchard game. It seems like with <laughs> the combination of Pritchard and Hauser, only one of them is allowed to play good at the same time because Hauser has been red was hot one over game. the last week. And, I think there uh, was one. Yeah, the Pacers game when that was they it. just beat everybody made shots. Over yeah. the last three weeks, Hauser's been great. Pritchard has had flashes, I guess, but he's mostly been inconsistent. Now he finally steps up and Hauser's one of nine. It's just kind of a sick joke. Um, <laughs> I also don't know what the splits are, Jack, but I, off the top of my head, remember Hauser being poor and now both of his two starts this year. So maybe keep him on the bench. <clears throat> he was one of nine. One of nine tonight and in his first start of the season, which was the Philly game, he was three of nine, two of eight. Yeah, not great. Mm. Yeah, bad. Very bad. Um, the plus minuses are remarkable in this game. The Tatum minus five with a 45 ball on Charlotte. But I, I think the plus minuses tell you just how bad Porzingis, Brown, and Hauser were in this game. Like those missed threes, as much as it's a very like look at the box score, duh, they're bad. The fact that they missed those threes was so significant because when those guys were in the game, the Hornets were able to just focus on Tatum, lock him up. And if those guys aren't hitting or when Tatum's out, like those guys are usually it's usually Tatum and holiday together paired. And it was tonight and Brown and Porzingis. Those guys were so cold and so bad offensively that the Hornets were able to use the minutes when Tatum was off the floor to come back and, and you know, make up 25 points effectively because Tatum was a minus five in a game. The Celtics lost by three, but that minus five was lumped into the minutes he played with Porzingis and Brown and Hauser. The minutes when Tatum was on the floor with holiday outside of those guys, he was probably a plus. It was because that's how like ineffective those guys were on offense. When Jalen Brown is off, he is off. And I think that's a huge reason why there's a subset of Celtics fans who were hesitant about the contract extension, who are down on him. I've been very critical of Jalen over the past couple of years. When he is not making shots, this season he's been better because he's been a better playmaker. And he had a great pass in this one. And and, and throughout the course of the season, he has been a, done a better job of knowing when he's hot, cold and stopping taking shots. This was the Jalen Brown that far too often ha has popped up over the past two seasons because Jalen Brown was ice cold in this game and he just kept shooting. He just kept shooting. And it, it was to the detriment of the Celtics by the end of the game. Cause I remember vividly three shots, two threes and one turnaround midi that were not even close to going in. And they were just complete pull-ups contested, like awful shots in either the final three minutes of regulation and in overtime. 
those shots need to go to Jason Tatum or the Celtics need to run a play. Like, like Jalen Brown completely stalled the offense in those moments. And, and Kristaps Porzingis was also bad, but it felt like more of his shots were within the flow of the offense. He was just cold. Jalen Brown took shots that hurt the Celtics because he was forcing it. And that, I think that's where the problem is. Uh, and that's where his problem has been in recent years. And again, been a lot better this year, but like it was really bad tonight. I feel like the forcing's real. I feel like there were a lot of opportunities he had to continue to dominate his two-man game with Porzingis, and he just didn't elect to do so. Like yeah. you said, settled for some threes, settled for some tough turnarounds. That one play just has burned into my brain of him firing up a contested three while Porzingis has his uh, long-ass Was that in the fourth span. quarter OT? It was with the clock winding down in either the fourth or OT. I'm going to find it. I think it might have been OT. And Porzingis has his long-ass wingspan fully extended calling (laughs) for the ball with nobody near him underneath the basket. And instead, Jalen fires up a three. I was just like... You You can keep talking about it, though. Yeah, Yeah, I'm right. right. Yeah, okay, I'm remembering correctly. (laughs) Here's uh, Jason Tatum gets double team atop the key. Right here, right here. Three! This was such an awful shot. Porzingis, for audio listeners, wide open under the hoop. Jalen Brown could have easily found him because Lamella Ball. You know what the worst part is? The worst part is here. Jalen Brown could have easily kicked the ball to the corner to an open Pritchard or found Porzingis in the paint. And either one would have, and I'm not saying he should have passed Pritchard. He obviously should have passed Porzingis. But my point is, either one would have been better (laughs) than this contested three that just what, like, what are we doing? Like for what? It was like Jalen Brown was so bad. <clears throat> he Air hit ball, front right? rim, okay. front rim, and Kristaps hit a bunch of front rim tonight too. So I think it was. I don't know if it was tired he legs. Front rim the this... dunk he would have had there. Good, good point. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this was uh, and again, that's. I mean, this isn't me like making excuses for this. You know, Porzingis, but like, it just felt like he was short on everything. I'm uh, while I talk more like. I'm going to throw up these shots like Jalen Brown. The Duncan taps were funny, but like it just felt like I'm no, I'm not saying these are bad shots with that being aggressive. (laughs) Yeah, on that. I'm just I'm just pulling these up while I talk. It felt like every time Jalen Brown got the ball, he was only looking for himself. And like you said, he's had a great two man game with Porzingis for the audio listeners. We're watching Jalen Brown shots in the fourth and OT uh, on YouTube now, but he was just pulling like and that was the one we just watched was a late shot clock one. Uh, and Celtics got bailed out with a, a rough foul call there. I th- know he's blocking, but like every time Jalen Brown got the ball, he was only looking for himself. He could have like tried to find Porzingis on the roll. I, that shot went in, but like it just felt like he was so focused on breaking his slump. And and I think that's where the mindset disconnect is at times. Some players are like, "I'm cold. Let me look for others." And it just feels like for Jalen, a lot of the mindset is, "I'm cold. I need to stop being cold. I need to find my shot." And against the Celtics tonight, it really, really, really hurt them um, at the end there. And I, I don't want this to turn into me saying, like, he was the only reason they lost. He wasn't. Like, Porzingis was cold. Holiday had seven turnovers. Tatum had some some stupid plays at the end. And Hauser, and Hauser gonna make a shot. Throws, how you can pull up right? the shots in the box <laughs> score. You could just watch uh, Tatum, Chris mm-hmm. Stops, Drew Holiday miss big free throws in mm-hmm. this game. I, do you want me to pull it up? I can find them for you. You want me to get them? Can you actually pull up missed free throws on the, yeah. the box score? I, uh, not I in the box score, but I can go. Watch it, but uh... <laughs> you can go into play by play and pick through them. Yeah, so you can see them. But I, Jalen Brown wasn't the only reason they lost, but I do believe he was the biggest offensive reason they lost was a lot of the four shots he had in the late game. Um, but I just think it was an effort thing, as it has been for the past couple games. Like you mentioned, Toronto and Memphis, like 17 offensive rebounds is so bad. And I think a lot of it falls Charlotte on Tatum Brown, but a good offensive rebounding team to Mark Williams is credit. Mark Williams is a great <laughs> offensive rebounder. Yeah. <laughs> but, but you just can't let that happen when it's a close game with the time winding yeah. down. That's what we saw all through the last couple seasons. And it's why you couldn't trust those guys as far as you could throw them. This year it was starting to look different, even <laughs> though they looked really bad against Toronto and they looked bad against Memphis. You still had at least one of us believed in them in those games. I did not believe tonight. I bet. I bet against. Them. I 
was in, but as soon as the Hornets started getting some good looks down the stretch, I knew it was, I knew the Celtics were going to fumble this. Um, they allowed four offensive rebounds in the fourth quarter and one in overtime, uh, which means what? That's 12 through the first three quarters as well. Like it was just a consistent onslaught of poor effort on the defensive glass for the Celtics, who the Celtics were one of the better defensive rebounding teams last year. They're the number one defensive rebounding team this year. Like it, it doesn't make sense why their opponents, uh, they are giving up the ninth fewest. So they're top 10 in fewest offensive rebounds allowed. It just feels like the timing of these offensive rebounds. And it's been more in the past couple games. Like I bet if I sorted this by, you know, <clears throat> the last two games, it would be a lot worse. Um, but it just feels like they give up a lot of timely ones. Um, which is weird because as a whole, well, those timely plays are the important part of the game. I mean, on the yeah, show, yes, we, that's my we point. discuss it all the time. There are timely stretches throughout every single game that can, can sit, be considered clutch moments. It doesn't have to be five minutes within five points of each other. And, uh, you know, that's the only clutch. No, that's what I'm mean, saying. I'm saying it works. I'm saying the numbers say they're a good team at keeping, you know, they're good at keeping teams off the offensive glass, but all of the rebounds Offensive rebounds they do allow come at the worst possible time. And over the last three games, the Celtics have allowed, I'm trying to do quick math in my head, 48 offensive rebounds in the last three games, which is what? What's 48 divided by three? Quick maths. Uh, 16 offensive rebounds a game. Oh, you said 48. Yeah, 48. That's horrible. That is so, so bad. Rough loss. Again, like Sam said, this loss probably won't matter in X amount of months. But it is frustrating and it is significant because of the way they lost and the way they've been playing the last three games. They have a huge game against the Bucs on Wednesday. And I don't really care because those are the games they get up for anyways, right? You need to beat these these no, lower I mean, teams. <clears throat> well, no, I, I, I care. I care about it in the sense of a game, but I don't I'm not going to use that game as a marker for or the Celtics are back. They'll be back when they beat the Pacers by 51 again. You know what I'm saying? Like they need to get back to where they were at the start of the season. Yeah, they've definitely started to slip over the last stretch here because, yes, oh boy, the fifty <laughs> the fifty point wins, what a time it was to be alive. Now it was nice. You're you're having to watch overtime games. They've better they better win the in season tournament game on Friday. <laughs> would be clutch, which I say that. with some seriousness because I actually want them to do well. <laughs> yeah, no, I know, I agree, I agree. All right. Let's go in to the emails. Uh, there was no Before real Celtics we do the emails. I mean, recording. What's oh, wheel? yes, yes, you're right. Let's hit the what's popping wheel. Um, pop Nito winner. I'm just updating the sheet because we forgot to do this at the start because I think we were both kind of uh, yeah, we were both we'll say we'll both say a little heated uh, over the game, but in Pop Nito, let me throw it on the screen for you and go to the wheel. All right, not as many entries this time, so you five that entered have a much better chance. Let's see who's winning some popcorn this time around. Literally the last time everybody entered. I know. The winner, so fitting. RJ. Finally get some popcorn. RJ, I mean, you email us enough to know that I'll, I'll hit you with an email. We'll get you set up. Uh, I assume you'll see this, but we'll get you hooked up, RJ. Shout out to you. Comment what's popping on this podcast for a chance to win some in pop needle popcorn. Uh, it'll be a good time. Uh, and yeah, we'll, we'll get you hooked up. Comment what's popping with your comment and you'll be entered in the next giveaway for some popcorn. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, I guess I'll leave in Pop Nito on the screen, though, because it is what's popping time. It is time to check in with our emails. Uh, let's see what people had to say. Uh, and if I, my memory, memory serves correct, we do have plenty of emails from our guy, RJ, anyway. So I think we'll be seeing uh, some stuff from him here. 
<clears throat> let me share screen here and we'll go to the email. What's popping? Play up. This was two days ago. Uh, evening, gents. Watching the Memphis San Antonio game tonight. And I think that as long as Celtics take them seriously as an opponent, we might see a 50-point margin of victory. Oh, no. <laughs> this was before the Grizzlies game, which the Celtics won by two. Uh, Grizz lack both talents and connectedness. If Coach Masula <laughs> points out the refs uh, to the refs, their tendency to use two hands on check screen. Celtics may be able to Geno time midway through the third, even without Jalen. Stupid tournament courts. Be well. Age like milk. Sorry, RJ. Uh, we don't read these before we go on the show, but uh, it's nice to see the reflection. So get it. You'll get them next time. Yeah, <laughs> that's a tough one. <laughs> next email from Jesse Kennedy, new emailer. Hello, how we doing? What's up, Jack and Sam? Been listening to you guys for a while now, and I tune into the Garden Report, A list, Locked On, Celtics Lab, etc. You guys put together. Some good and fresh content. I drive around for work and it's something to look forward to. I've been bleeding green since 2002. I almost never miss games. I stream them and not paying league pass respect. Uh, I'm 37, grew up in West Roxbury slash Roslindale, and I'm in San Diego now for the past four years. Fuck the cold. Fuck Julius Randle. Sam, keep mm. talking shit. Jack, fuck them sniffle haters. Jesse. Thanks, Jesse. We Thank <laughs> appreciate you, you uh, for the email. Next one, I believe, is going right back to RJ. Shocker. Uh, I just got to mark something down real quick and then I will read it. Uh, okay. RJ, never again. I swear <laughs> I'm leaving the halftime hot takes to Sam. That's all there is to it. Props to Memphis for coming back. This was a reply to his <laughs> Memphis Grizzlies <laughs> prediction. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. Sorry, RJ. Sorry about that one, buddy. <laughs> uh, Knuckleheads email from Philip Hart. Uh, hi guys. There may be no duo who can collectively clown on opposing players better than you two. Shout out to Nick Wright too. So why not encourage you guys to do it more? Let's rank the dumbest players in the NBA for clarity. I do not mean oh, like insane this. people, Kyrie or emotionally ignorant people, Draymond, but the most classical type of dumb, like Mark Jackson, mama, there goes that man <laughs> type stupidity. I like that based on, I base this both on on-court decisions and interviews. Mostly, mostly, excuse me. Here are the candidates that I propose. Please feel free to add or exclude anybody. Then please, please debate who is the dumbest. Um, here are the candidates. Julius Randle, Jordan Poole, Rudy Gobert, Jordan Clarkson, Dylan Brooks, Andre Drummond, and low-key Clay Thompson. Let the rankings begin. Thanks and all the best, Phil. Now, before we do this, anybody you would like to add or exclude? J.R. Smith. <laughs> JaVale McGee. Good. Okay. Um, hmm. um, I'm trying to think. I don't know if there's anybody else I would want to include. Um, James Harden, maybe. I'll maybe. throw James Harden on there. I want to exclude Rudy Gobert because he's actually playing really well this season for the Timberwolves. Like he, he's found a niche there. I understand. I understand the inclusion, but I don't think I'll pick him to win. Same with Jordan Clarkson. Like I understand it, but I don't think I'd go with him anyways. I really just think it's Julius Randle. I, I, I truly just think he takes the cake. I think the number one, although Jordan Poole is giving him a serious run for his money this season. Have you seen the report from Mark Stein that they might just want to move on from him? <laughs> oh, I did not see that, but I like that. I am pro that. Uh, I think those guys are top two. Him. Yeah, I think those guys are top two. Please really, trade like... him uh, for Zach <clears throat> Levine. <laughs> Who says no? Both teams. Yeah. <laughs> I think those two are up there. I think uh, I'm going to make both put Grant in the run. Oh, he's having a good thing. season. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think I think Randall and Poole are a very close one, too, and they kind of slap box each other for the number one spot based on a night-to-night basis. What do you think? I think that's fair. I do like mm -hmm. the drum and pick, though. Best remember of all time. Cat. Cat. Greatest three-point shooter dumb. ever. The, uh, he those said he changed the game. Yeah, he changed the game. Changed that the game. that Pat Bev interview was all time, or is it uh, Paul George? Maybe he was in the Paul George thing. I don't know that interview. Whatever it was, was. Paul George. <clears throat> that was next level. That was big time. Uh, LeBron for reading the same books over and over again. Yeah, LeBron can't read. Him <laughs> handshake uh, yeah. people with the clips of more that were going over the wall. <laughs> I'm going Julius Randall and Jordan Poole though one two Randall one Poole two that's that's my final my final choice. I think that's very fair. We'll rock with that. All right, two more emails. What's popping from RJ? First rule of greatness. This was a day ago, so this was before the 
loss to the Hornets. Hey guys, looking forward to the Memphis game this afternoon, but I'm still thinking about the almost stinker in Toronto. Well, do we got news for you, RJ? Mm. Everyone wants to be great. And while there are lots of positive steps to take that get to the level, the first thing to do seems obvious. The point of being almost counterintuitive. Don't do things that suck. <clears throat> this isn't, don't be bad. Great. Everyone can have a night where your shooting is off or you're a half step, half step behind on defense. No, not sucking means looking at your own bad habits and reducing and eliminating them. One of the reasons this year's Celtics look and feel better <clears throat> than last year's squad is that they've cut back things on su- that suck, like not rebounding as a team. Yikes. <laughs> Throwing the ball away. <laughs> Yikes. Dribble, dribble, three most possessions. Perfect. RJ had the crystal ball out. <laughs> Perimeter only passing, no penetration or post-ups. Yike. And Slicks is slow to initiate the offense. They've been better at this because they chuck a lot of threes. Watching the seas this year, they've improved on all of these. Sucking less means it's easier for you to be great more often, which is why in the third quarter against Toronto was the B-ball equivalent of fingernails on a chalkboard. A stroll into the front court, early threes, getting outnumbered on the glass, early threes. It was all there. After the second quarter's demonstration of beautiful basketball, I was expecting more of the same. I hope the flight to Memphis afforded the coaching staff some time to hit on all of these teachable moments. This year's team has it in them to be the best Celtics squad since 86. The only thing standing in their way is themselves. Be well. This aged so beautifully, and I'm so glad I read it. <laughs> this is <laughs> like just... when um, Adam Silver, that time he told John not to show a gun on Instagram, and then he went and did it again. <laughs> so RJ told the Celtics not to do all these things, and then they said, hey, look. We're going to give up offensive rebounds. Uh, we'll turn the ball over a couple dumb times down the stretch. Yeah. Uh, Jalen Porzingis waving his arms wide open dribble. Actually, I don't even know if it was dribble, dribble three, but it was a perimeter only pass early <laughs> Chuck three. Two for and, one. Uh, two, two for one. one. Yeah. Have to do the two for one and slowly initiate the offense on that final regulation possession with Tatum dribbling with his back to Hayward for a little bit too long before moving. <clears throat> yeah. Agree. This is you ever seen that so Raven? This is just yeah. Whoa, <laughs> oh, maybe. Uh, last one, and I'm gonna give you a, a nice little insight into what's next. RJ sent us an email after the game, so let's see what he had to say about the Hornets game. <clears throat> what's play popping? Play stupid games, win stupid prizes, evening guys, multiple choice quiz. Why did the Celtics lose in Charlotte? Losing on the offensive glass, 11 to 17, missing 10 free throws, not passing the ball enough, only 19 assists, or D, all of the above. I'm going with D. Coach Mazula gives extra credit for the five for eight. Pritchard on the bench, leaving the one for nine. Sam Hauser in the game, take the final three. You and me both, handshake, RJ. Uh, actually, double extra credit for the coach because when Holiday came in for Pritchard with 526 left, the Celtics were up 191. How often do you see the second leading score set out in the last five minutes of the game, only to sub back in to start OT? I would still play Holiday over Pritchard. It's the Hauser for Pritchard that was the problem for me. Holiday's too good. I, I don't care if he's having a rough night. He's an all-star. Uh, but that's just my opinion. But as much as all of that contributed, the Celtics were still up by 9 with 120 remaining in the final. 140 seconds, they did not score, including Drew Holiday's unfortunate Grant Williams impersonation at the line. While the Hornets out-rebounded the Celtics 4-0. to It was the return of late season 2023, ugly as ever. Be well. Sam, would you consider living in Ireland until the Celtics win the championship? Thoughts? This, this is, is bad true. because I came <laughs> back and they lost. This is true. I forgot about that. I told yeah. you it's good. That was that was my fault, too. I'll hand up. I was I was really concerned about this. Not a good start. I've actually been not good at all. since I got back. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> <laughs> all not right. Really. Let's well, move on. Uh, whatever. It's, it's not right. for this Let- part of the show. <laughs> Let's go to the NBA portion of the show. Uh, and instead of a NBA around the league check-in, let's do a NBA standings check-in. That way it'll go by a little quicker. We can see where our predictions are going uh, for the season. So <clears throat> let me pull up the spreadsheet RJ has so kindly made for us. Shout out RJ Legend of the program. <clears throat> I just pulled up the spreadsheet for my family's thanksgiving potluck that's not what i wanted where is the thing argument here it is <laughs> sorry uh here is a spreadsheet with uh nba current standings i don't know if this is currently updated to <clears throat> the actual standings um the last time this was updated was 11 17 but it's close enough for us to take a look so start of the season <clears throat> i said top three or we'll go top four to start i had boston milwaukee cleveland new york sam had Boston, Milwaukee, Cleveland, Miami. Right now, it is roughly Boston, Philly, Milwaukee, Miami. So mm. close, Philly, a little bit better than consensus for us two. Um, I think the rest of our Eastern Conference predictions were pretty safe, though. Five through eight for both of us was Philly, Miami, Atlanta, Indiana. Uh, you had 
uh, Philly, New York, Orlando, Indiana. So pretty close. We both hit on the Indiana, Orlando jumps because right now it is Indiana, Orlando, New York, Cleveland. Brooklyn's mm. a tiny bit worse than we both thought they would be. <clears throat> I had them at nine. You had them at 10. And then the rest of it, you had Detroit at 11. I had them at 13. But the bottom of the East is the bottom of the East for us. <laughs> we, 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 they, we they are at 15. They, they are at 15. Yes, they are. They are. <laughs> but... We both got the tiers. We'll call it the tiers of the East, correct? We, we were on par. Uh, out West, I had Denver, Phoenix, uh, Lakers, Warriors. Sam had Denver, Phoenix, Clippers, Warriors. Right now, uh, or roughly right now, I should say, it is Denver, Dallas, Minnesota, Oklahoma City. So a lot of a lot of weird this stuff happening show. out West. A lot of weird stuff. Warriors struggling mightily. They are six and eight right now, which is brutal. Um, next tier uh, in the six through eight, or excuse me, five through eight, we uh I had sorry getting confused here Memphis OKC Sacramento Clippers Sam had uh Lakers New Orleans Oklahoma City Memphis obviously Memphis has been struggling right now it is Sacramento Houston Lakers uh New Orleans shout out to you for getting the Pelicans higher up there at least for now I was more down on them uh, and then again the bottom in the west great. they beat yeah. Denver they did that they did bottom of the west however is an Absolute shit show. Uh, Houston's much better than everyone thought, but Portland, Memphis, San Antonio, bad. Clippers, Utah, Phoenix, Golden State, all bad as well. Standings are weird right now. East is, it feels like the East is shaping out into what a lot of people expected it to be, but the West is, is a complete shit show. Also, just quickly, just because he made the sheet, so respect. RJ is on par with the East, just like we were. He had Orlando, Indiana, 8-9 roughly, and he had the bottom five. He was way down on Houston. Uh, but they are back up. He was very high in Minnesota, so respect to RJ. He had him at three, and they're popping. He had an OKC way up here. Uh, not as high on Dallas. They've outperformed a bit. And then the Lakers in 12, RJ is, I guess right now, pretty good. I don't know where they're at. They are in nine, so you're closer than we are. But RJ hitting and missing on similar stuff to Sam and I. But uh, let's move on to our next piece of NBA news here, which I believe is the Bulls the first thing we have on here. No, it is. Yes, the, yes it is. So, uh, do you want to do you want to do this? You put it on the sheet, or do you want me? Sure. Yeah. So, little update from the Bulls. Now, if you ask me, this is not a very surprising report, but it is news because we learned it. Uh, according to NBA insider Mark Stein, Alex Caruso and Pat Williams are quote unquote generating the most November trade curiosity from rival teams. Among all of the Bulls, they are. In fact, Stein noted Caruso, quote unquote, would have a double digit list of trade suitors if the Bulls decided to make him available, which they haven't uh, not mentioned. Zach Levine. Shocker. Bad yeah. contract, losing player. Nobody wants him. Meanwhile, Caruso, good contract, hard nosed defensive winning player and people want him. Are yeah, are we surprised? I agree. I agree. And also. Um, Zach Levine for what it's worth. This was from Casey Johnson of NBC Sports Chicago. After the Bulls' recent big comeback win over the Heat, didn't do post-game stuff. He just walked off the court, and apparently Billy Donovan and everyone were like mad at him. They were like really pissed with the way he acted and well, like, he's, carried himself. He um, is one of the greats. He said it was the miscommunication with the Bulls PR staff, but the video showed him literally shaking off his PR person, like <laughs> like ignoring. Yeah, miscommunication. Himself. He didn't want to do it, and they thought he might do it, and then he had to tell them no. <laughs> No, but I think Caruso, if the Bulls don't trade Caruso, the Bulls are fucking stupid, man. I'm so done with the Bulls. They're so ass. I have to write about them. And I'm very happy that I get to write about basketball for a living. But holy shit, they're bad. They're losing by 22 to the Heat right now. And you know what? Good. I want them to lose every game so they're forced to blow up this dog shit team. It's so bad. Levine took nine shots tonight because he's ass. He was a minus 24. Kobe White led them in scoring with 20, right? Alex Russo has 13 in the starting lineup. DeMar DeRozan's a minus 15. They're, they're, they're useless, man. This team's so stupid. Oh, I hate I hate the Bulls, man. I fucking hate them. I think they're I mean, people in the too. pregame wanted us to talk about Caruso. I'd love Caruso in Boston. Caruso's awesome. First, free Levine, my ass. Free Caruso. Get that man out of there. <laughs> Poor guy. Dude, Levine like doesn't deserve to be freed. <clears throat> Agree. He uh, stay in Chicago. Have some fun there, buddy. Next yes. thing we have is the Sacramento Kings, who I've been enjoying the season, but they just got absolutely fucking shit on by whoever they were playing. I just saw it. Yeah, they lost by forty to the the Pelicans right now. Um, however. 
update about the Kings. They might want Levine. <laughs> Good luck. Uh, the Kings are going star hunting uh, at the NBA trade deadline. According, excuse me, according to Shams Charania of the Athletic, he said they're going to be involved in every star player. Pascal Siakam, Ojananobi, maybe Zach Levine. They've done a good job at keeping their assets. They have tradable contracts. They're going to be a star. A player for stars is coming up for sure. I think eventually they could add a third piece. The Kings were in on Levine when he re-signed with the Bulls. They made an offer that the Bulls matched in restricted free agency a bunch of years ago. And I will also say they do make some sort of sense for Levine because he could be sort of a secondary option to, to sure. Fox on the perimeter. You know, you, you could pretty easily replace Kevin Herter in that starting lineup with Zach Levine, who is a better shot creator and has been an efficient scorer in the past when put in the right positions to do so. I would like Siakam or OG Ananobi a bit more for them. I think OG Ananobi would be perfect. Him and Keegan Murray on the perimeter would be fucking disgusting. Um, but I, I don't hate any of those guys for the Kings, although I do admittedly, I, I like Zach Levine the least <laughs> for that. See, I don't know if I understand the Siakam fit as much. I know they do play Sabonis at center, so it could very well work. But I don't really see Siakam as a perimeter player. He does his best work closer to the basket in the paint, yeah. you know, hitting the spin moves. I think that puts Sabonis <laughs> in an awkward predicament. He's got a little bit less space to work down there. I think Sacramento probably works best with one guy manning the paint instead of two. But yeah, I'll say this. I like OG a lot for them. Yes. They could probably slide either him or Murray to that two guard spot if they were to make a deal. You'd imagine that Herder would probably go. Um, I don't really know who else they would have to throw in for salary. They would have to do Barnes. way more than Herder to uh, intrigue. Yeah, Harrison Barnes to intrigue the Raptors, who have been a hardball team in terms of <laughs> yeah. fielding offers for OG Ananobi. But with all that being said, if I had to pick any team to make a deal this year, I would love to see it be the Kings because I think the Kings have proven to everybody that they are a good team. We saw a crazy showing from Fox earlier this week, and they need a legitimate second punch. They can get away with not adding that second punch, especially if it is Zach Levine that is the rumored guy, by just continue continuing to solidify the supporting cast with somebody like OG, who in his own right could be a nice secondary punch, or at least tertiary. If you want Sabonis to remain that. Yeah, I agree with you. Also, sorry, I got distracted. The Celtics just tweeted, this was an atypical loss for us in Charlotte. And I just want to scream, no, it fucking wasn't, buddy. It's what you did all of last year. What do you mean atypical? Maybe atypical for this group, but <clears throat> oh boy. What a disaster. Did you hear what I said about the Celtics tweet? I, I don't know if you cut out at that exact moment. <laughs> I sure did. Uh, yeah. The Celtics tweeted out, this was an atypical loss for us in Charlotte. And I'm like, was it though? Was it atypical? <laughs> oh, no. Was this different? <laughs> so uh, I can imagine they're getting cooked. <clears throat> Sorry, I just had to bring that back up because I saw that you uh, paused. Anyways, next thing we have, Patrick Williams uh, spoke about the Wizards. Uh, Patrick Williams. Patrick Beverly <laughs> spoke about the Wizards. Sorry. Uh, he said, shit show. I mean, they <laughs> They lose a ton of games. Uh, shit shouldn't happen. I don't give a fuck who you are. The greats, that wouldn't happen. It's not happening. You need good vets. And you know what, Patrick Beverly? I think we all knew this. <laughs> I thought the bad. Wizards were good, though. But now that he mentioned it, they <laughs> do lose a lot of games. They do. They did just, I believe, get eliminated from the in-season tournament, which kind of sucks. Because with fun young players like Jordan Poole and also Kyle Kuzma, who's almost 30, uh, you really could have got your fan base excited about something with this new competition. But they also could use some good vets, you know, maybe somebody like. You know Draymond. what I'd ask him? You know what I'd ask Patrick Beverly? Are you volunteering? Is the, are, you, are you putting your hand up to go there and be their vet? Like, he, what are you we know doing? Like, Hell no. <laughs> You'd be like, yeah, fuck no, Absolutely I don't want to go not. there. What vets want to go? Didn't they wave Taj Gibson at the start of the season? I wonder if Taj Gibson was like, you be you motherfuckers better not fucking bring me on this team. <laughs> probably. He probably didn't want to spend time there. Man. Yeah, the Wizards suck. I, I mean, this is Patrick Beverly letting everybody know the sky is blue. Like, let's let's be honest. <laughs> let's be honest with ourselves. Yeah, it would be <laughs> sick if the Wizards ripped off like ten straight wins. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Also, we didn't talk about this in the Celtics thing. Very brief. The clock got messed up. You you know how everyone was mad, like the clock in the last play. Fucking cares. Like like yes, yeah. it was. Yes, it was wrong. Yes, they should have had more time. Don't blow a nine point lead with a minute. Left. Yeah, don't don't blow Thoughts. a lead. <laughs> Thoughts on not being bad. Also, again, more Celtics stuff briefly. The pressers haven't started yet. <laughs> like no one started talking to the media yet. Joe hasn't talked yet. Nobody's talked yet, which is very like weird. Um, Joe, it's the coach is usually supposed to talk 15 minutes after the game, like go. So speculation, are they having a meeting? Don't know. But we're about to go into the rat list. So you'll have to hear about that on the next episode of <laughs> about them Celtics. Uh, let's jump into the rat list here. And uh, you just got back from Ireland and I know you're very tired. So I'm going to let you kick it off uh, to get yeah. any, any steam off your chest. <laughs> the internet still fucking sucks here. I, I forgot. <laughs> you miss a while. Wi-Fi? Hotel Wi-Fi? You miss it? Do I miss hotel Wi-Fi? I do. I really do. Uh, <laughs> That's so you know what was great about up. hotel Wi-Fi is I could talk to Jack forever and I wouldn't lag. But I came home and I we did the show today and it took me uh, four minutes. Four minutes to lag. I, I'm half tempted to like edit in your outburst. Just like, just like take out the silence but just have you go uh, and then go fuck <laughs> just fucking jump right back into the pod <laughs> uh, well yeah, like, it no. didn't even start with us recording i was trying to watch the game downstairs yeah and the fucking you get the little buffering circle on the tv it needs it needs to come yeah. to an end that's a disaster that's a rough one um what, what am i gonna rat list oh <laughs> i'm gonna rat list not Danny, but the situation he unintentionally put me in. So <clears throat> I went out for drinks. Uh, I went out in Boston on Saturday. It was great. I got the perfect level of drunk where I was happy. And I, I'm not a big drinker. I know Sam, you're not a drinker at all. I, I don't like drink a lot. Like I'll drink on the weekends every once in a while, like every two weeks, every week, whatever. Like, I'll, I'll yeah, not, not for, very often. <clears throat> no, I went out and went out to a bar with Danny and his buddies. It was good. Got some food, made some bets, had a good time. <clears throat> Whatever. We go to the next bar, and on the way to the next bar, or before we left, Danny goes, yeah, so these guys, you know, my friend's girlfriend's roommate is friends with somebody who went to high school with. We're going out with her, right? It was one of those, you know, friend of a friend, whatever. <clears throat> so mm-hmm. he goes, yeah, this girl that we graduated with in high school uh, is going to be at the bar we're going at. Like, we're going out. Like, she's part of the group or whatever. Like, we're going to see them there. And I'm All like, right. okay, that's, that's weird. I've, I've, and like, keep in mind, I wasn't very social in high school. So I never, like, I'd never spoken to these right. girls, whatever <clears throat> we get there. And I find out that we weren't going to see this girl at the bar. It was this girl's birthday. Oh no. She was having a lot of friends come to the bar for her birthday. So there were at least 20 oh. people I went to high school with. <laughs> Bar. Happy happy birthday from HBTC to you. We wish it was our birthday so we oh. could party too. Put the hats on. I end up, I end up standing uh, in the corner with um Danny's friends. Love the uh, corner. And I, 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 it was like I still had fun. Big it was corner guy night. myself. Exactly. Still had a great night. It was good. I we didn't interact with him much throughout the night, regardless. But. When Danny, Danny is very social. So he went out yes. to talk to them for a little while. And I stood with Danny's friends who I've become like friend. Like I'm friends with them. I'm good enough friends with them where I can have a conversation, whatever. I turned to them. I go, guys, this is my second time meeting you. I think I've spoken more to you than anybody that is at this party that I went to high school with. And they laugh. And then we played a drinking game. So anybody who listens to the show knows I was not a sports guy in high school. Wasn't built for it. I did Glee Club. I did show choir. Yep. And so while... Me talking basketball is very normal to anybody who listens to the show. Normal for Sam. Normal to anybody. Yep. Anybody I went to high school with, me covering the Celtics is like the biggest fucking pivot they could possibly think. <laughs> like, it is the most... They're yeah. like, what the fuck? It being successful at it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, relative. We'll get there. But Well, you had the guy say that he hated your bars, but he still rocked with you. Exactly. Yeah. That's that's the same for but <laughs> Which we, I we love played that a, comment. <laughs> we played a drinking game. Where anytime anybody from my high school asked me about the Celtics, we took a drink and it was very helpful. Isn't that the worst? <laughs> like, anybody... listen, finish, finish, finish. Anybody, I don't know if anybody from my high school listens to this because I've had people from my high school like say like, oh, we like the podcast, whatever. I, I don't mind talking about the Celtics. Like it, it is whatever. I'm fine to have small talk. I like the Celtics, right? Obviously, I like the Celtics because I cover yeah. them. So I, I'm fine to talk like talk shop about the Celtics for five minutes, but it was just 
like that was always like oh yeah i see your tweets oh yeah dude celtics i'm like yeah that's me man that's i'm, I'm the celtics guy now which is just funny that's so, stuff fine i just i love when you like somebody wants to talk to you uh about the celtics and they're just like what do you think what do i think about what i mean they're good man well because the issue is i talk about the celtics so often and in such niche minute yes. details that Correct. it is almost hard for me to generalize my thoughts <laughs> me too and i'm the dumb one like people people like will ask me stuff and i'm like i really don't know what to say to you because i really don't know how in depth i should go before i start to sound like a loser or or make you feel bad about how much you care about this or whatever <laughs> and because I hate when people do that to me when I like something and then somebody else will be like, well, this, 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 and this, and like inform you like way more than you knew about it. And you're yes. like, I just kind of like this band. Like I was just trying to hang out. It's like, you have to find a balance between. Cause like, they all know that I cover the Celtics. So they obviously want to hear actually what I think, but I don't want yes. to like, I'm not going to sit there and be like, well, I mean, Jalen Brown, you know, shoots too many shots. The two-man game between KP and, and JB has been great this season. Jason Tatum's sure. going to the post more. And they're going to be like, dude, they're 11-2, and two, though. They're pretty like, yeah, they, they are. <laughs> like, I joke about ball going hoop is, like, every day, like, what I'm thinking about. But <laughs> yeah, it's tough when people are thinking that. But with that being said, everybody that listens to us, like, even if you may be a ball going hoop person, <laughs> you're still interested enough to listen and learn. Yeah. Not everybody like, is like that. I didn't have any of those conversations that night. Like most of the conversations I had about it, well, I only really had one. And the other interactions I had with people from high school was just like, hey, how are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. Yes. The only real conversation I had about it was, you know, it's super cool. You get to go to games. What's that been like? Like, where are you living? Like, it was a pretty general conversation about the job rather than the team. So it was like, and again, I don't even mind talking about it in general. It was just, it's very funny because anytime I see anybody, from high school like particularly Celtics, yeah. particularly the athletes like like a lot of these people were like they played basketball they played football they were like the, some of the popular kids or whatever like they were very into sports always and me who did the fucking musical and saying glee club is now the one who covers basketball they're yes. like what the whoa, what the hell like you you uh, you know ball i'm like yeah man like yeah, Celtics, <laughs> but now everyone there was like nice and i have like nothing against anybody from my high school like they're all very nice people like i can get along i can have a conversation with them i'm just not a fucking social person and so i've never like talked to them and danny who was extremely social it was just going up like doing the rounds like yeah you bet how you been and i'm sitting there like hey man like, this ain't what i signed up for but I mean, shout out to everybody I talk to, I guess, if you're listening. I just, yeah. I don't want to My favorite thing about our much. show is that, like, the people that show up in the comments will have good, com like, conversation with each other or they'll yeah. ask good questions. Like, yeah. always, like, participate. There's nothing wrong with participating. It's just for us to be approached on certain things is difficult at times because we don't really know what to say. We don't and know. And again, I, I don't mind doing with. it. I just feel like I, it's hard for me to generalize stuff, like, is like what I said. Yeah. All right. Yeah. What do you got? You got anything else? So Ratless, this guy on my flight today, this guy on my flight. So we're at the airport before we board and before they board the plane, they separate everyone into classes as you do. Right. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they do Delta one premium select uh, all the other, like you get to board first because you're special thing, like whatever diamond platinum, all that stuff. Then they have main cabin one, two, three, and then basic. So anyways, I'm in main cabin three. We've been all lined up for a while. My foot hurts. And then this fucking dickhead guy comes with his wife. And I don't know. You you look at this guy and he's just one of those people. You look at him and you're like, I know that guy is going to be a problem for somebody today. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, talking Tatum to walking into Charlotte. the gate. And I think he was like main cabin two. And I'm lagging. Hmm. Sam is lagging. I'm just going to talk here for a second. While Sam what was the lagging. last thing you heard? Main cabin two. You lag for two seconds. You're good. You're Main right. cabin two. And so uh, he starts talking to the agent. And she explains like where he has to line up. And he gets all like bent out of shape because he went to the wrong side. <laughs> and what did it for me is they have the sign that tells you where to board. On the left side, it says Sky Priority. On the right side, it says, like, general boarding. 
The man turns the sign out of spite to let them know that he was misled, took five steps to the wrong side. And then what do I see mid-flight? I see uh, one of the flight crew consistently trapped over by where this man is seated because he's complaining about something. Yeah. Yeah. The Rat. Yeah. But, like I... the very definition of rat. Like, I don't get the rat list has kind of deviated from just like bitching about like terrible people, but this is a good old classic. Like this guy dictionary photograph rat. Yeah. What's crazy to me, like how do you have enough energy to be that much of an asshole? Like, don't you just want to like be happy? Like, don't you just want to have like a good life and like have a fine day? Like you're making your own day worse. No, 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 but like, like to, to actively be an asshole and make your own day work worse takes a special type of like rat. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like you can be having a bad day. You can be upset at stuff, but to, to actively find things to be annoyed at and like overreact to small things, you are making your own day worse. And then by proxy, making the days of the people around you worse, like that goes beyond like a rat moment. Like you are just like a rat like you're just a bad yeah. person like what is this, wrong? like this those comes after don't make sense to me jack and i did a half hour on a november loss to charlotte it's true <laughs> good for us man hey <laughs> shout out all you i was i was not <laughs> i was literally like i did a couple of these like in the show <laughs> yeah <laughs> um I'm laboring so rat story uh do you have anything else you want me to close with this you can close if you want to close I, I don't, I, it doesn't matter. I'm just saying if you want something else. Um, no, I come to me later in the week. We have more rat lists to do. That's uh, fine. So on this night that I was out, I um, we left the the bar slash club, whatever. It was a bar. There was a club downstairs. We were dancing. It was a good time. I throughout the night, I'm talking to my friend Danny, old friend of the program. Goes, I, I turned to him and said, Danny, I'm not drunk enough yet. Right. I, I made the joke and this is only a joke. I go, Danny, I could still drive home right now. I couldn't, obviously, because I was drunk. But I was like, my, my point being, like, I don't feel it enough to have a good time yet. And he goes, all right, bet. <laughs> Walk over, get me another, you know, rum. I was having a rum and coke, gets me a green tea shot, do a shot, <clears throat> go back to the dance floor, <clears throat> go back to the bar. I turn to Danny's friend, Ryan. I go, Ryan, you want to do a shot with me? He goes, fuck it. <clears throat> go. Do a shot. And apparently, this is unrelated. Now I'm going on a tangent, but it relates because it's a basketball pod. Apparently, the guy at the bar won $1,300 on a Chet Holmgren parlay <laughs> the night we were at the club. It was the night he hit the game winner against the Warriors. Nice. And so he was hyped. He gave us a fist bump. And I just wrote on the receipt. I go, shout out fucking Chet Holmgren, baby. It's a good time. I gave him a nice tip. It was fun. But um, there's that. But we leave the bar. And I turn to Danny and our other friend, Zach. I go, Danny. It's only, you know, one thirty or well, it's only one, whatever. And I go, why are we leaving? He goes, it's time to go home. And I'm like, I want to go out again. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not done, Danny. I want to go. And so I'm doing that the whole time. We go down to Vegas wait for the train. It's going to be a time here. Oh, it's going to be great. That's going to be great. Uh, train doesn't show up. Train just like, it stops three stops later. We have to walk, right? Which we're drunk. It's a nice breeze. Whatever. Mm. Walking, walking, walking. <laughs> we get to this place called college pizza and i'm gonna say it because college pizza is fucking awesome if you live by fenway college pizza go to college pizza before <clears throat> yeah great establishment danny knows the owners great people Respect. we go in there and a bunch of college aged girls and a couple guys like they have taken over the speaker at college pizza and we walk in and i go danny this is the bar i was talking about and this isn't a bar it's just a pizza place and they have taken over the speaker and we, we walk into the owner which danny knows behind the bar he's just going What's up, Danny? <laughs> just fucking bumping the music. And I walk over. We're having a conversation. They go, what's on next? The girls come. Oh, we'll play this, play this. Third time, girl comes up. It goes to the owner who this is like just some a middle-aged guy. He's nice, like whatever. He goes, she goes, play Slut Me Out by Emily Choppa. And he's just like, play, play what? <laughs> and I am obviously like, I'm God, right? Like I'm like having a good time. He goes, sure. is this right? And I, I can read it. And he starts typing in slow. Cause that's what he thought he heard. And I just go, no, 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 <laughs> that is not what they said. And so I, I have to like type it in for him, but I'm sitting there like this. I'm like, 
<laughs> like fucking not paying attention. Uh, and I type it in. We get our pizza. Fucking great pizza, by the way. Um, we get back to the apartment and Danny's roommate is sleeping in. I'll put myself on the rat list because when I got to Danny's apartment, I stopped there to put my bag down to meet them at the bar. Danny didn't realize his roommate was coming home. So as I was walking out of their apartment, the roommate was walking in and the roommate was just like, the fuck are you <laughs> like who the fuck is this guy coming out of my apartment and then we got back later and one of the people we were with uh danny's friend was just like so drunk that he couldn't keep his voice down so he was just going are we home yet <laughs> so i was like shut the fuck up buddy dude sleep <laughs> it was it was great i'm i'm very excited to go out uh again uh but we can wrap there if you are done as well <clears throat> shall we uh close it out yeah i don't really have anything uh Nothing in the chamber left. That's fine. We can close with one final question then. I know you hate Christmas. Are you a Thanksgiving guy? Because it is almost that time. I'm pro Thanksgiving. I don't <laughs> care for football. I think the, the sports slate on Christmas is far better because I'm Agree. A, obviously basketball guy. But uh yeah, you know why? Because nobody annoys me with Thanksgiving. You kind of you know, you know how I know that is because you kind of forget that Thanksgiving is in three days. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's fair. Uh, I mean, you, we all know my thoughts on Christmas. I love Christmas, uh, but Thanksgiving, great holiday. I mean, what what is there not to like about a fuck ton of food? Like, like that's basically the holiday, right? Like, you just eat a shit ton of food, and so I'm in, right? I, my fat yeah. ass in on Thanksgiving. Adam Silver, get ready to get fat as fuck, buddy. I did eat a salad tonight, though. I had a character food. It was good. Oh, yeah, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> thank y'all for tuning in. We appreciate it very much. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed this overtired version uh, episode of How About Still Them Celtics. Still gave you an hour. We did. We we hossed through that. We did 20 minutes almost a rat list, but I thought it was good. Let us know what you guys think. Uh, oh, hopefully you come here to vent after the Hornets game and don't just not watch like you have after some losses. Please. 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 I want to give a shout out to the channel, though, because we're on three straight 2K videos. Knock on wood. Make it four. Fellas, help us out. Thank God for tuning in. Leave a review on Apple, please. I'm not. I'm not asking no anymore. Asking. Please, please. And I'll let. Uh, I'll say. We'll take it hey, thank you very much for listening or watching. If you're watching, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the notification bell. I don't know why Jack is. I'm flipping the people off for not leaving Apple reviews. Oh. I'm still mad. I'm still. Tell you upset me. No, no, no. Imagine I just go, yeah, fuck this guy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> leave a comment. Tell us, uh, I don't know. I'm sure you have something to say about this game. <laughs> you can find us on Spotify and Apple as well. All full-length pods will be there. All game recaps will be there. Leave a nice five-star review. We're no longer asking. You can find us on socials at How About Them Seas. That's Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Facebook is just the name of the podcast. You can follow us there or leave a like. You can do both on Facebook, whatever. The pregame streams will be there. They'll be on YouTube. You can follow Jack on Twitter at Jack Simone and B. You can follow me at Sam LaFrance and be able to for us. Check, Taco. Come on. Taco's, Taco's having some fun here.